I've never in my life been more perplexed by something in my life. I've never in my life been more perplexed by something in my life. Have you ever? I hope all these professional softball leagues do well. But sometimes the infrastructure need a little work. Just trying to get guests need a little work. It is a startup, so that part well, of it. One of them is. One of them isn't. And, and at the core of, of the one that is a quote-unquote startup is a program that's been around for a minute. So I, we'll see. I'm not going to get all, I'm not going to get too bent out of shape over the first couple of days. But it would be kind of cool to get sit on. I'm just saying. Clay Van Hook is coming up later in the show. I do appreciate uh, a couple of our bad 80s, 90s comedies, and I guess even early 2000s that will that dominate the uh, horrific app Tubi TV. You really want to have some fun, by the way, on Tubi, Josh? Look at the horror movies. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's what, hilarious. What's in there? Oh, gosh. I mean, literally, it's like movies that start with just people getting their heads chopped off. I'm not even kidding. Remember Faces of Fear? Or what was it? Faces of Death? I think it's on there whenever you were a kid. It's like, don't watch Faces of Death. It'll scar you forever. And now it's like comical to watch now it's really funny to watch because you're like hey that was all fake man but uh from the 903 easy money is a good Roddy dangerfield movie listen we're not doing this i'm not doing movie talk on the week in which the world series is being played or that the u.s open is coming up on thursday but i will say easy money is fantastic so is back to school by the way Roddy dangerfield's uh, throwing out a few bangers meet wally sparks not one of them but easy money, definitely. And Jesse points out Strange Brew, which is fantastic. But we'll we'll have a we'll have a Monday. Maybe we need to talk to Tubi TV about becoming a sponsor, though. I I don't know if they would be proud of the way that I've. It's a very easy to use interface. How's that? There you go, Tubi. Real easy to use. Little buggy, but <laughs> we'll, we'll we still buggy. like it. Right, right, right. Got to log in in order for them to save your spot, which is fine. But. A lot of commercials, a lot of commercials that you can't fast forward past. No, you cannot. There's, there is not a paid option to get rid of those things either. Oh, my gosh. All right. We're, we're, I, I have one note. I have one note here. Oh, yeah, Ladybugs is a good flick, too. Good point, Rob. Can't forget about Ladybugs. Ladybugs is where he's a soccer coach, and he has his son play on the girls' soccer team. I think it's his son. I think we're missing the boat here in what we need to be talking about, Josh. I really do. You uh, you posed some incredible topics for us uh, last night from college football news and talking about the, the top 10 Sooner football players and previewing the 2022 season. That's fun stuff, right? That's, that's evergreen stuff that never gets old. I'm all in on some of the things that have come out of the uh, deposition that a, a Houston detective gave in the Deshaun Watson saga. If I'm being honest, too, I've, I have found myself diving a little bit more into the NFL. A couple of teams wrapped up their OTAs, like the Raiders just did. There's other teams that are just kind of ramping up this week. So there's debates about Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and, and their long-term contracts. We're getting into a time where basically for the National Football League, Josh, in the end of June, there's a month off. I mean, there really truly is. There's nothing that goes on in the NFL. So, listen, note to NFL players, barring a massive trade, don't get arrested in July. It's my message to you. 
don't get arrested in July because there is nothing NFL going on. Stay stay in your lane in, in the month of July. Now, August, you start getting into things. There's preseason hype. There's there's practices. I think I think we have our first – what, the Hall of Fame game is in the second week in August for the Raiders and the Jaguars. But, I mean, there's there's things going on. But July – Stay on the straight and narrow because there ain't anything going on in the world of the NFL. Yeah, final week of June into July. Really, as soon as the NBA finals are done. As soon as these two debate shows no longer have headlines like Steffertless and you name it, then you want to keep your nose clean. But I think we're missing the boat, Josh Helmer. Because this morning, as I logged on to Twitter.com, and read some notes from one of my favorite, Michael Mulville. He is the Fox Sports Executive Vice President and Head of Strategy, which sounds like a fancy term for he gets you numbers and lets you know what you need to do. Thursday, Thursday night, a TV show aired that beat the average of Sunday night football in primetime. On Monday afternoon, a show aired that had nearly as many viewers in the middle of a work day as the 2021 World Series for Major League Baseball. Do you know what this TV show slash event is? And I gotta be honest with you, I haven't watched a second of it. By the way, my daughter forces me to guess things. So when, I, when she asked me, she's like, guess what song we're singing on Sunday at church? I'm like, I don't know. Tell me. You got to guess. Do I need to start implementing the you got to guess rule for this show? Yeah, too? maybe. <laughs> you might have to. The January 6th hearings that are currently taking place. They have drawn, they drew on Thursday night, 20 million viewers. <laughs> now, again. A lot of networks putting it on, so that's combined. On Monday afternoon, it drew 11.2 million viewers. I mean, I've watched some of these hearings before. I mean, the Supreme Court justice confirmation was kind of compelling. But in some, I mean, there's, is there that much interest? In these hearings right now? We're missing the boat, Josh Helmer. Forget us trying to talk sooner recruiting, bad 80s, 90s comedies. Forget us sitting here trying to talk about the the World Series trip coming up for OU Baseball and their send-off, which, by the way, is taking place in two hours from now at Mitchell Park in the parking lot of the Lloyd Noble Center. Forget Clay Van Hook coming on at 11.15 this morning. There are 20 million people that are watching these January 6th. And if you combine them, Monday after, the people that get to watch TV on Monday afternoon are like us. We get to because it's our job and it's usually on SportsCenter. But 11.2 million viewers on a Monday afternoon? 
Dude, I got to be honest with you. I had no idea there was this kind of interest in this hearing that was going on. None, I see people tweet about it, but you got to remember, I'm an anti-political dude. I am not going to get caught up in your minutiae talking politics on my social media feeds. Not happening. If I'm in a Facebook group and someone starts bringing it up, I'm out. If I see you on Twitter, you start, I'm out. Done. I allow it for Mike Freeman because he gives me good NFL news, and that's about it. <laughs> that's it. He's the only one that gets a pass. You start talking politics, I'm out. It hasn't been trending on Twitter, so I haven't seen a trend. How in the world is it drawing 20 million viewers, Josh? Listen, How? it's always a great day for a red and blue battle. That's, always. That's a good point. 20 million strong. Well, I mean, listen, if you subscribe to the theory of Jack Del Rio, just a little dust-up. Don't know what you people are doing right now, wasting all your time That's a good point. There's no reason for 20 million of you to be concerned about a dust-up. 20? Does that blow your mind like it does to me? Or did you... It's a staggering number, okay. yes. For, for hearings. <laughs> for hearings. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you if it's, you know, a documentary. Okay. Even though I have found in every podcast and or documentary I've tried to listen to on January 6th, it becomes very red versus blue rather quickly, Josh Helmer. Yes. <laughs> you, you quickly find out which side it's on. It's like, whoa, okay. Well, I was not prepared for that. 20 million. My gosh. All right. Anyway, that's what I saw. And it blew my mind. So I'm missing the boat here today, Josh Helmer. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to bring you guys quality Sooner sports talk and have tomorrow. By the way, Mike in Springfield hits us up on Twitter. I've watched every minute of the hearings. I'll do the same tomorrow. Have to admit, I heard those numbers as well. Staggering. What? That's Sunday night football, bro. That's the number one show on primetime. I had no idea. Well, and... You pointed it out. The Monday afternoon number is more impressive than that. I mean, 11 million in a Monday afternoon time slot is – that's crazy. <laughs> By the way, Ron Rivera is sitting around going, oh, thank you, Jack Del Rio, for dragging me into the mess. <laughs> right. Appreciate you, dude. Things, as if things aren't a mess enough with everything that's going on in Washington right now. I appreciate you, Jack Del Rio, for throwing me right in the middle of this. All right. You did have something interesting that you sent me, and I want to get into it coming up next segment. And I try not to get too caught up in the preseason magazines in in middle in the middle of June because what do we have coming? Yeah, Rob, I'm taking calls. Get in here at 405-329-9000, 405-329-9000, or the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. I'm a big spring sports guy, right? I, I love the Diamond Sports. Obviously, they've called play-by-play -play for Sooner Softball for a minute, been passionately following OU baseball as a fan for years and had a chance to call some of their games over the last, well, not recently, but, you know, when, when Toby first took over as the play-by-play -play guy. I, I love it. But yet there's always during this time frame, there's always the inching out of preseason football magazines, right? It used to be July 4th was the big weekend when all the preseason magazines would come out. You would get your Street and Smiths. Who am I leaving out? Athlons, Lindy's. Phil Steele. Phil Steele. 
I mean, they would – Sporting News would have a massive football preview. Everyone did. It was fantastic. Um, but it started to push back a little bit, right? You've started to see them earlier and earlier and earlier. Like, I saw one yesterday out at, at – I think it was at 7-Eleven. There was one sitting right there on, this, on the newsstand. I'm like, oh, I guess we're doing this now. Now, I, I do think it was one that had Kennedy Brooks on the cover, so – Maybe there are some faults in, in, in pushing a little bit earlier. But I fell, into, I fell into that trap yesterday. When you sent me the college football news preview of the Oklahoma Sooner football squad. Now, again, like I said, we're all in on the World Series. We're going to talk Sooner baseball with Clay Van Hook coming up at 11.15 a.m. But when we come back, I want to I want to roll through this top 10 players they have coming back. And I got to be honest with you, I was a little bit surprised at number 7. A little bit surprised at number 7. But I can't argue. I don't know, do you know who wrote this by the way? Cuz it just says by College Football News. What well, it may have been Pete Futek, I don't know. But I thought for the 10 players, I thought they nailed it. I think I think it might have been our friend John Williams at was it John's Wire that was sort of okay. asked to pass that along. And then everything else, I think, was Pete Futek. But when we come back, let's get after this a little bit. Because I thought it was a good piece. Good job by John. I know he comes on with the steel man, so we won't try to poach him. But I looked at this 10. I'm like, this is pretty. It's a pretty good list. But number seven kind of threw me for a loop. We'll get into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, it's a Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Yeah, I think we should, Josh. Let's do it here real quick before we get to that OU stuff. Um, as always, you can hit us up old school way, uh, picking up the phone and calling us at 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. You can text the show at 405-651-3439. That is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Jesse notes... I didn't watch live, but I watched later on the C-SPAN app. I downloaded the C-SPAN app. Not something I even thought I'd say. I bet the total number is bigger than $20 million. People want to know what really happened. Um, and by the way, for the 512, the ratings number, not so impressive when you realize it took seven channels to generate. Put the World Series or Monday Night Football on seven channels. You probably have just as many just saying well that's and that was kind of my point but even if you let's say three million people watching right if it's just on each of those seven channels which is a pretty good number it's still impressive i'll wait for the podcast that's what i'll do and i don't think we're really figuring out what really happened because we all know what happened bunch of actors went in there and just shot yeah, the right. on a bad light. That's, what <laughs> that's correct. It's a false flag. Um, I'm joking. I have no, no, I'm, I'm politically Switzerland. Welcome to the show. But yeah, Josh, I think we should mention top dog. You, you actually brought this up before the show even started yesterday. Uh, and it looks like we've lost the original top, not the original person who portrayed top dog has passed away. Yeah. Some of you probably saw the tweet last night from the official Oklahoma men's basketball account. 
and it's confirmed, unfortunately, that Kenny Evans, the original beloved top dog, famous mascot for Sooner men's basketball, has uh, passed away. And here's what Tommy Tubbs, of course, the son of Billy Tubbs, had to say. He said, good friend of the show. I love that guy. Tommy, great guy, says, quote, Kenny was a huge part of our success with the University of Oklahoma basketball program in the mid-1980s through today. Kenny, as top dog, was a fixture on a national stage and was beloved by many. He will be missed by all who knew and loved him. He was a true Oklahoma treasure who loved the University of Oklahoma. Godspeed, Kenny, end quote. The OU men's basketball family is deeply saddened by the passing of Kenny uh, Kenny Evans, who entertained countless OU fans as top dog in the late 80s and early 90s. Kenny transformed top dog into an iconic Lloyd Noble Center figure with his unrivaled spirit, energy, and passion and had an innate ability to make people laugh. A genuinely great guy and a Sooner through and through, he was the best to ever wear the costume and will be greatly missed Kenny was truly top dog. That was from the uh, OU men's basketball account. And then you didn't just read that, did you? You read something separate from Tommy, right? I think so. Yes. As I was going through, I'm like, sounds kind of similar. But Joe C sent out a great tweet last night. Shocking news today. Kenny's impact at OU will be remembered forever. He set the standard for mascots. We've stayed in contact all these years. Truly a wonderful person. He came back to campus periodically and always for reunions. A true Sooner, RIP, you will always be missed. Uh, you will always be top dog. You'll be missed. I, You know what's interesting is I didn't truly get how big of a deal top dog was, Josh. Never knew how big of a deal it was. We had a caller many many years ago on on the big show named top dog and top dog would call and always had great takes in fact i see top dog the caller every now and then because uh they're they wisely got out of the sports radio caller business and into the baby clothes business so they're they're making bank but he would so honestly when i first started in radio and I think maybe Top Dog was still around. I, it was just, oh, that's Top Dog. That's the caller. Oh, yeah, that goofy dog mascot. I ne- when it went away, I did, it never really registered with me how big of a deal it was until they brought him back. And we did a podcast on this at Soonersports.com slash podcast. And Jacob Potter, who is the boss man over at Sooner Vision and a great Sooner fan at his core, I mean, he is a diehard Sooner fan and he talked about that being his guy top dog and it's like really he's like oh man top dog was the best he's like we used to do I think he even said he dressed up like him for Halloween a couple of years and that was the genesis of bringing him back and bringing back that energy bringing back top dog so kudos to Kenny for creating something in that character that resonated with people that um, echo throughout generations. And I mean, again, it led to them wanting to bring back an icon that had kind of been on the shelf for a minute, Josh. I think Kenny did it. RIP, man. That's it's sad that he passed. It was untimely, but 
to think about the impact he made in in that character and to think about what now the new generation of fans that are getting to experience learning about him i think it's i'm really happy they brought it back and i had no idea no idea the impact that top dog had on so many people no clue you know just the reaction from fans to sure. the announcement that top dog was coming back a couple of years ago and Oklahoma Sooner fans reliving some of their childhood experiences or experiences taking their son or daughter to an Oklahoma basketball game back when. It really is a credit to Kenny and his ability to embrace the character of Top Dog and understanding, you know, you reflected that you didn't totally understand. And Top Dog, full disclosure here, was before my time altogether mm. until they brought Top Dog back. You kind of kind of said, yeah, I didn't really understand how important this was. Right. Well, that that makes sense, right? Because at that point in time, you're not not taking your, your daughter or your son to the basketball game. But I think when you hear from parents that were – taking their sons and daughters to the basketball game or their niece and nephews. And you get a sense now, Plank, being a dad, it really, yes, you and I and and the folks that call this station and that text this station, we want to win, right? It's about wins and losses. But for a lot of moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, it's not just about winning and losing the basketball game or the football game. It's about an event. It's about a communal experience with your family to go and take in a sporting event. Sure. And Top Dog made Oklahoma basketball more than just a basketball game, right? It was an experience. It was an event. And that's, you know, the fact that you could be that character and be synonymous as mm-hmm. Top Dog in that character really is is one of the great tributes to Kenny Evans. And it's not the only tribute, no. but, you know, on this station, talking sports, it's it's quite a tribute. It's kind of funny. I think, I think I've been in, like, phases with mascots, right? Whenever I was a little kid, I was crazy about mascots. Fred Bird, San Diego Chicken. I loved them. I thought they were the greatest things ever. I mean, look at that goofy Fred Bird over there. Oh, he put his beak over some dude's head. That guy's crazy. Can I get your autograph, Fred Bird? Why don't you talk to me? Right? You loved him when you were a kid. When you reach, oh, no, maybe your late teens, you're kind of like, gosh, mascots are dumb. Yeah, you, you. some of you out there in your late teens were bullying mascots. Right. You, you might have been bullying mascots. <laughs> it's like these are so dumb, and you kind of – you don't even think about them. Then you have kids – and you see them lose their minds, or scared to death of, lose their minds or scared to death of mascots. I mean, my daughter, uh, both of them were scared to death of Boomer and Sooner. Now I can't go to an event without them wanting to have a picture with them. So it's, again, I'm not, welcome to mascot talk here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. I'm not trying to do anything other than just to pay tribute to, to one of the greats. And sad story. They see him pass away. But his legacy will never be forgotten. And that kind of shows you how good he was. Because I couldn't tell you a single person who ever played Fred Bird or Captain Kane or anyone. I had no idea. But to know he had that kind of impact on people is really, really cool. 
Uh, let's wet the palate here. Let's let's kind of cleanse the palate. Let's take a break, and then let's get into that list that you sent us from College Football News. RIP to truly one of the great entertainers in Oklahoma Sooner history, right? If you start thinking about dudes that made an impact and made a difference for a fan experience, Kenny Evans was definitely one of those. Everyone have a – oh, I'm trying to sign off for the show. When we come back we'll – see you guys later. See you guys tomorrow. In uh, just a short while. Steelman and Connor are coming up next. I don't know what I was thinking. We're doing a break. All right, when we come back, let's hit this list. It was from College Football News. List Radio. The top ten returners for the Sooners. Number seven might surprise you. This is the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. I, uh, I mean, should, are we going to start watching these hearings or no? We're both still out, right? Yeah. Out. Oh no. Okay, I okay. look. I, I stay. So sure. I was uncomfortable yesterday mentioning that the gentleman climbing the Devon Tower was a pro-life supporter. Okay, <laughs> so no, I'm I'm not involved at all. I have zero plans to watch. How about that story just dying? No, oh, but there's a horrible analogy of way to put it, but just not having any, any juice to it. A dude climbed the Devon Energy Tower yesterday. And then when he got to the top, it was like, all right, moving on. There was, what, one picture of him that started to make the rounds? I mean, because this was about the time yesterday when the dude finally got off the side of the building. But that that was it. When does Marvel sue this guy for use of the word Spider-Man? That's a great question. (laughs) I mean, they probably could, right? Uh, spotter chef with a good one. You're correct. Stay out of trouble in the month of July. July. Just ask Jason Pierre-Paul. Oh, man. You want a wild note? You know how long ago that was? Seven years. That was seven years Is ago. Is that right? Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just took a guess. But... It was July 4th, 2015. And, I mean, I, immediately, I, Adam Schefter has the report from the hospital. I mean, I'm sorry, if anything breaks on the 4th of July, 4th of July is number one on my holiday depth chart. Number one. I usually try to work a morning show, and then I'm done. And it's it's a, it's a my holiday, right? This is outside of my birthday or Father's Day. I truly get to chill on the 4th of July. We got a pool now. We're in an area where hey, we can shoot a few fireworks and not get in trouble. I love to grill. I love to cook. I'm not good at it, but I, it's like golf. It's like most things. I'm not really good at it, but I like to do it. Like radio. I like to do it. But I can't be, I, I can't be messed with breaking news. So kudos to Adam Schefter for somehow breaking every single law possible, but yet still keeping his job whenever he got all of the notes from the hospital on Jason Pierre-Paul's injury. How did he get that? And how did he not get fired? Unbelievable. I know he didn't get fired, Josh, because he broke the story. And ESPN's like, well, you know, sometimes you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet, if you know what I mean. And thank you to Jason Pierre-Paul for being not the martyr we wanted, but the martyr we needed to remind us that, yeah, don't hang on to those firecrackers for too long. I've got a documentary that SI did on it that I plan on watching in our next commercial break. (laughs) On Jason Pierre-Paul? Yes. I don't, I, that I, sounds like a 
uncomfortable I watch. Well, I, I think it might be because the very first thing that popped up was warning graphic images. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm out. No I, thanks. I think I'm far enough removed from breakfast to do this. Uh, am I ever going to get to this list or not? Do you want to do it here? Yeah, let's let's hit the list. They've got a bunch of interesting notes in there too. I, I thought uh, you know they broke down offensive and defensive keys, which yeah, we could we could summer sooner football talk ourselves to death sure. death here. But I mean, I, I did find it fascinating that for the offensive mind that Lincoln Riley was, and he's this fantastic offensive guru. You go into the final couple of games that Oklahoma lost two of those last three, and do you know what their third down conversion rate was versus Baylor and Oklahoma State? Well, I know it was bad because I was keeping track of it, but I've slept a lot since then, so it had to be. Did they even convert a, a third down against Baylor? They're like one of 11 or something? Yeah, it, it was something not good at all. The two combined was – Seven of 37. Do you know what happens when you go seven of 37 in two games on third down? You don't win a lot. Breaking news from your boy. You're not going to win a lot of games. And guess what? They didn't. But knowing it was that bad, I got to be honest with you, a little bit shocking to me. That is for some of you mathematicians out there already know this and can do that division just in your head. But that is 16% on third down. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say 16% on third down is not good. And let's face it, they beat Iowa State in the sandwich in the middle of that, but Caleb Williams only threw for 87 yards in that game. They didn't have a... They didn't have a big-time performance at all. All right, um, I was wrong, Josh, on the Baylor game. Just to make sure, because I'm all about facts here, right? I'm all about facts. Against Baylor, Oklahoma was not one for ten. They were two for nine. So I apologize. My bad. Against Oklahoma State, they were five for 18. Five for 18 on third downs. Wow. I didn't look at the Iowa State game. Just I, I didn't know if they kind of made it up in the middle of that or not and had a big game. But I don't remember them being all that fantastic in that game either. Unbelievable. That's not good. By the way, against uh, – oh, my gosh. Josh, you go do the final three games on third down. You ready? Yeah. Let's okay. hear them. Two for nine against Baylor on third down. In a win over Iowa State, they were one for ten. And then against Oklahoma State in the final regular season game, they were five for 18. So, quick math, what is that, eight for 37? So, that's actually the number that that they they – used right here then and they had theirs wrong so (laughs) they shortchanged them one third down conversion eight of 37 for the final three games against the best defenses that Oklahoma faced last season 21 percent on third downs so with that in mind we wipe the slate clean kind of and we look 
at what college football news with the tip of the cap to our guy John Williams from over at Locked Locked On Sooners. The top 10 players, and I guess maybe you could add to this, maybe like the most important players, right? Because it's it's kind of generic, right? It just says top 10 players. But I didn't have much of a problem with this list. Though I am going to go ahead and, and crush the tease here. A little bit surprised to see Michael Turk in there at number seven. Not that he doesn't deserve it. Not that he's not really good. But when you think about most teams and you talk about their top 10 returning players, Josh, the punter isn't necessarily a guy who races to the top of that depth chart. No, and if he is the seventh best player for Oklahoma next season, that is not a good sign, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I like Turk. Uh, In fact, I gave a little shout-out to his hang time uh, YouTube last night because I was watching – his championship and it was really he's it's really good man he's he's a sharp kid and I like him a lot but no offense you're not a running back or a receiver or an edge rusher or a linebacker there's not a line I mean there's Deshaun White on this list but I mean I would say that you would have to have a Danny Stutzman on this list he's and 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 maybe that's a different list top 10 players who have to be good in 2020 there's our list for tomorrow Josh how about we come up with a list a day until football season? How many days is there left until football? But seriously, a punter at seven? Love him to death. But he shouldn't be on your top ten players. Number one, they have Mar- tell me where you see a problem in this list. And, and again, like I said, love Turk. He's a great punter. He's going to punt in the NFL. But I don't like a punter being in my top ten player. I don't like a punter or a kicker being in my top ten players coming back. Marvin Mims is number one. You figure, in fact, he's one of two receivers on this list, Josh. Mims one, Weiss ten. I think Theo Weiss needs to be a little bit. Well, actually, hold on. Pause for a moment. Theo Weiss probably falls into that list that we're putting together of guys who have to be good, right? Gotta be good. Gotta be good. You need him to be 2020 Theo Weiss, right? fully healthy, back, ready to roll, and then some. Unless Jaleel Farouk right. is you know, a superstar and we see him just carry over and be... Which can happen. Could, be, could happen. Yes, absolutely it could. Every part of what he was in the, the Valero Alamo Bowl, and then that's consistent. It's week after week, and all of a sudden he's... He's your Robin to Marvin Mims' Batman. That's probably, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it seems like it's more likely, at least based on what we know so far, that Theo Weiss, given the amount of time he's been in Norman, five-star status coming in, that if he's fully healthy and ready to go, and what we heard going into the spring, right? We heard that Theo Weiss was looking like maybe Oklahoma's best player, period. Offense, defense, whatever, before he got hurt. So you need Theo Weiss to be that type of playmaker for you. And then Jaden Gibson, Nick Anderson, one of those two guys, if if OU gets that to where one or both of these incoming freshmen are playmakers straight away, I said this on the podcast side last night, and you just tell me if you think this is crazy. If if you're asked to name best position group for Oklahoma going into next year, 
I'll entertain conversations about defensive line. I think the upside at linebacker is very, very intriguing. Depth, yes, is a concern at wide receiver, but if Marvin Mims is who I think he's going to be with Jeff Levy as offensive coordinator, and if Theo Weiss does have the return that I'm expecting, and Jaleel Farouk continues to build upon what we saw in the Alouo Bowl, and one of those two guys with the Drake Stoops, I think wide receivers got a chance to be the best position group for Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's – I don't think there could be too terribly much debate about that. I mean, listen, we can debate on everything, but it's – I mean, obviously, quarterback is always a major talking point, but when you look at this list just of the of the top ten players heading into the season, it's the only position group that has two guys on this list. So, I mean, there's there's something – but, yeah, no, so one is Marvin Mims, 10 is Theo Wies. We only do that because those are the two receivers. And then to my shock and horror, there is a punter at number seven. Though Michael Turk is my guy, I'll let it slide. So when we come back, we'll fill in the gaps, which includes, I, I think, a lot of players who fit. I was really impressed with this list. It came off, I'm like, okay, this makes some sense. But we'll run through it all next and see who they left out and who needs to be added. Clay Van Hook coming up right after the top of the hour. Get in here, 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. While that promo is lengthy, it still gets me fired up every single time. Though there's that point where Toby welcomes you into the postseason where I'm like, whoa, are, are we done? Is there a show? It's, is baseball <laughs> taking over here? Well done. We'll talk to you after the Sooner's as win mean, goes final. Listen, I tried to get out of here at 1030, right? I tried to leave at 1030 for some reason. Uh, we are going mobile, Josh. Um, we have a man down in the Plank household beyond your boy. So I am I am on a kid duty this Are morning. you feeling better? I'm 100% better. Good. I don't know if I sound any better or not. No, you do. Um, but I, I know I definitely feel better. And it sucks. Again, I like I said, I... I didn't test positive for COVID, but I'm 100% sure I had it. So I've been treating the last five days as if I do. Um, and my son was in town, and I didn't get to see him. Well, in fact, he's in town right now. And, listen, he's going off to – I almost said Westminster. <laughs> he's he's going off to the Army. He's going, he's going off to be a big dog, and I miss him. And it just shows you how much it sucks whenever – you know, you catch something and you don't want to risk getting anyone else sick. I mean, I could be a greedy SOB and say, no, you still come over here and you hug your daddy. But I don't want to risk anything for him. But it's fine. Maybe I'll be healthy enough by Friday, a Sunday where I can see him. My favorite thing from yesterday that I didn't talk about, Josh Helmer, that I'm kicking myself I didn't before we, we hustle through this list, get to the top five stories of the day and talk to Clay Van Hook. The San Francisco Giants, as a team, warmed up in T-shirts yesterday that said, Fantasy Football 101, stashing players on the IR isn't cheating. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Tommy Pham, to his credit, did reply to the tweet where Pham said, they really played themselves because now all I have to do is release the IR rules in the league and the text how I told Jock 
I was going to pimp slap him for cheating. <laughs> it's the story that keeps giving Josh Helmer. We love stories that, that keep on giving. Especially when they involve fantasy football Jock Peterson and getting slapped by Tommy Pham. Make baseball fun. Collegefootballnews.com. Here's the list. Top 10 players for the Sooners heading into 22. Marvin Mims, number one, followed by Dylan Gabriel. No shock there, right? Uh, 70 touchdowns, 14 picks, missed most of last year with an injury. Top two would be who I think most everybody would have in the top two. I actually wouldn't argue with his number three, Anton Harrison. I think Anton Harrison has to be great. I would argue, too, that Wanya Morris has to be great. Now, I don't know what that right tackle looks like, but there had been good things said about Wanya Morris. Number four, Jalen Redman. Deshaun White is there at number five. Woody Washington coming back off his injuries, number six, with Michael Turk at seven. Key Lawrence at eight. Eric Gray at number nine, and Theo Wees at ten. Now, you can nuance that list all you want, but I'll tell you this much. It's a pretty good list of the ten players that we look at as, as the potential to be special for the Sooners in 22. And I think all of them could find themselves, maybe minus Turk, sorry, Mike, on the list of players that need to be great for the Sooners to have a championship caliber 22. Yeah, right, quick break. Oh, it's, a, it's a pretty good list. Stripling was a name that came to mind as maybe in a mission that needed to be there. But, again, he's sort of keep proving it, right? Exactly. Keep proving it. Top five stories today presented by Newcastle Casino is next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.